Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you get one board game to bring over to your friend's house for game night. What's it going to be? 651-641-1071. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. And why are we asking people about their favorite board games, Holly? Well, Bradley, we're asking this because there's a new study from a wonderful organization called studyfinds.org, whatever that is. But what they're saying in this new study that they have found that the game monopoly leads to the most fight among family and friends. So if you're playing Monopoly, y'all are going to fight and it's going to get ugly. Oh, okay. So a recent survey says 20% of game nights with friends or family members are disrupted by competitive or unfriendly behavior. Some of that is including but not limited to someone quitting because they're losing. 46% of people said that yeah. bumps people out. Yeah. Someone accusing another player of cheating or two or more players getting into an argument. And the game that gets people zesty mm-hmm. and cranky is Monopoly. Yes, this does not surprise me in the least because of the games that I enjoy playing, the one I enjoy playing least with other people is a little game. You just mentioned it's called Monopoly. Have you ever finished a game of Monopoly? No, the not without the board is. getting up, Thank you. turned upside down <laughs> and somebody leaving in a huff. The game never ends. Yeah. Well, and then I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, we used to play like we used to do deals and things. So you could like wheel and deal. And so then kind of like all bets were off and it really just became a hot mess of like, <laughs> like, I'm going to sell you this, but then you can loan it back to me. And I mean, no. It's, yeah, it's not. It's never going to end. <laughs> it's messy. And somebody's going to get upset and then someone's feelings are going to get hurt. And then someone's going to cry and then they're going to resent you for the rest of the night. And then you're going to have to go into the bathroom and explain to them that it's just a game and it's fine. <laughs> in the bathroom? Why are you? In the... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just. <laughs> no, because the bird got so mad. Yeah. You know, you ha- that's that's going to happen. So what we're saying it's probably it's not your best bet. If you have one board game to bring to your friends and family night, you shouldn't do Monopoly because you're going to end up punching somebody in the face. All right. Let's not punch anyone in the face, but let's find out what people are going to bring to uh, game night. Grant, who do we got first? We have Jenny on the line with us right now. Hey, Jenny, what game are you bringing with you to game night? Well, I'd like to preface that it's the name is not a PC name, um, but the game is called Secret Hitler. Oh, um, is it a board game? It is a board game. Um, it's kind of similar if you've ever played Mafia, where there's two teams, like a good team and a bad team, but you don't know who's on your team. So if you're on the bad team, you're just lying through your teeth. 
you're lying to your husband, your wife, your best friend, and trying to get them to believe that you're a good guy until the very end, and you pull the switch on them, and then all of a sudden they're left. Oh, so you're trying to finger. you're trying to to basically convince everyone. I mean, you're basically trying to lie to everyone and getting them to right. believe you. You're trying oh. to lie to everyone, and then you're trying to read people. So it's kind of a a test to see how well you know your friends and family, but also oh, how well you can completely deceive them. And I guarantee you this will possibly lead to more fights than Monopoly. Well, yeah, I was going to say. We're, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Jenny. Jenny. I was going to say, someone's going to end I'm up... I'm not going to play that game. Also... Yeah, I'm not going to play that, that game. That, that better not be... That's I not a good name. No, that's not a good don't name. Like that. That's why she prefaced it, because yeah. when she told me, I was like, just make sure that you preface that. Yeah, with but the... no, no to the name, no to the game if it's worse than Monopoly. Someone's going to end up crying in the bathroom, and then they're going to lock it, and they're never going to come back out. Who else do we have on the phone, Grant? We have, it looks like, Mary. Mary. Mary's on the line. All right, Mary, what game are you bringing to game night? Okay, well, I'm going to change your question, and it's how about what not to bring. Okay. Okay. Scrabble. Oh, you don't like Scrabble? I will never, ever play Scrabble with my mother again. (laughs) Why? She's a nurse, and I'm an IT geek, so she is doing these long-winded, like, terms like whatever whatever and i'm like what is that and she's like well it's blah 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 and i'm like all right google she's like what is that so yes i will never play scrabble with my mother all right so mary's not playing scrabble thank you mary thanks mary yeah (laughs) i i i love scrabble I have to tell you. It depends on the crowd. I do love playing Scrabble. You, uh, Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean you want yeah. a, a crowd that likes words? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, it depends. But again, the question, the one game that you're going to bring. Yeah. I would probably, uh, Scrabble would be up there for the, one of the games that I would bring. Mm. Looks like we have David on the phone. Um, Grant, let's, uh, let's talk to David. Hey, David. Hey, David. What game are you bringing to game night? Hey, um, I'm actually bringing a conversation starter game. Um, I saw it's by a local Minneapolis um, company. It's called Quarantine Questions. So it's basically 90 questions to share with your family and friends about your experience being at home over the last 12 months. The questions kind of range from anywhere to what was the trip you canceled? Describe a Zoom call. Um, what kind of hobby did you take up? So it's a really nice way to share your experience now that we're gathering again. Yes, I know about this game. I've heard about this game. So have you played it? Yes, I played it with a bunch of my friends that I haven't seen in the last six months, and it was a really nice time. One of the questions was, uh, describe the biggest fight with your spouse being at home. And uh, it just kind of you know leads down funny conversations and different paths. So... Yeah, it was, an, it was an absolute blast. Do you know where people can uh, pick up this game? It's called Quarantine Questions, right? Yes, Quarantine Questions. Uh, the company's called Mini Cards. It's M-N-I-Cards.com, Mini Cards. And so they can just order it right there on the website. Yep, that's correct. Perfect. Thank you so much for that uh, recommendation, David. Yes, that thanks, David. Great, Thank you. Have a great day. That would be a great, um, you know, a great way to support a local business. And yeah. also get all your feelings about the last year and a half out. Yeah, don't punch anybody in the face, okay? And I happen to know, actually, the creator of that game is a listener to my Talk 107.1. Yeah! Well, thank you! So, small world. Yeah!
Uh, okay, so we've still got uh, how are we doing? Oh, oh we still, still got a couple people. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get to those calls. We have time. Yeah, we got Michelle with us right now. Hey, Michelle, what's your favorite game to bring to game night? Hey, okay, so it's not uh, a board game; it is a card game. It is called Bars Against Profanity. Bars Against Profanity. So now, is this kind of of the the vein of Cards Against Humanity? Right, but. Instead of, you know, crude uh, cards, it is all Shakespeare quotes. Oh, oh bard! I thought you were yeah. saying bars like, you know, we're all going to go to the oh, bar. Yeah, or we're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying bards against... Okay, so now let me guess. You have to kind of know your Shakespeare to play this game. A little bit, but even if you don't know it, it's that probably makes it all the better because most all of the quotes are taken out of context. Oh, oh. I got it. Where did you, um, is this, I'm assuming something you can pick up online. Yeah. Online. Uh, I think the one that I have is from Barnes and Noble. Oh, all right. I've never heard of this. Yeah, no. Thank Wonderful. you, Michelle. Thanks Michelle. Bards against humanity. Holly, you want to play that? Uh, no, I don't. No, because I only read the Cliff's Notes in the Shakespeare's class that I took in college. Yeah, and even if you did read the whole thing, uh, you probably don't remember it. Yeah, exactly. No, Thank there's you. There's a lot of words. Yeah, we got time for one more, Grant. Yeah, we got Jill with us. All right, Jill, you're going to be our last word. What is the game you are bringing to game night? I'm bringing Twister. <laughs> oh, all right. Why are you bringing Twister? Because it's a classic, and let me tell you, if you are ever, heaven forbid, stuck with, like, a group of people that you're just not meshing with, like, no matter what the conversation is, Twister's going to break that barrier. That's true. I mean, and now as I feel like this is, like, the perfect time to play Twister again, we haven't been, you know, crawling all over people for the last year and a half, so now's your chance. (laughs) Exactly, especially if you're vaccinated. There you go. Exactly. One more reason to get vaccinated. (laughs) Thank you, Jill. Thanks, Jill. You might get a a Twister crotch in your face. Hey! 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 Hope not. (laughs) Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Jill. And thanks to everyone. Uh, Holly, what's the game you're bringing to game night? I'm actually bringing Scategories. Scategories. Remind yes. me, because I know the name Scategories, but I, like most things, don't the, remember yeah, what it you, is. Yeah, you get the die, you roll the die, and then you have to base the answers that you get on the card on the letter that you roll, I think. I might be totally explaining it wrong. I laugh a lot when I play it. Okay, so Scategories I it, it is. Yeah. Grant, you have a favorite board game? Uh, we play a lot of Sorry and Guess Who in our house. Oh, no, Guess who? Guess who? You got a board of just a bunch of different pictures of people, and you guess by guessing the features of that person. Do they have brown hair or blonde hair? And then as they tell you yes or no, you eliminate the different characters that are left, and you're down to how many ever, and whoever can guess that person's other player first wins. God. Guess who? What are you bringing, so Brand? Um, honestly, if it wasn't, oh, I know, um, uh, the one that we played uh, on vacation. Oh gosh, it's the one where you're. Uh, um, I didn't go on your vacation. Dice. Sorry, <laughs> you weren't on vacation with us. <laughs> oh, the, Yahtzee. Yahtzee! Yes, thank you. I knew. I was like, it's a word that doesn't make any sense, but yet it's a really fun game. Yahtzee's a lot of fun. All right, when we come back from board games to. What Holly's been watching, she's got some TV recommendations for us, and she'll give it to us right on the other side of this break here on My Talk 1071. And there's always something to watch, so you have no excuses whatsoever. But sometimes it's hard to wade through all the options and find something you actually 
want to watch it that's like worth watching. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. You've already heard from Grant, the three of us just hanging out. Yeah. Doing the thing on yeah. a Thursday afternoon. Holly, um, you have some suggestions for us on things we could be watching on the TV. In fact, uh, we like to call a little Here's What We're Watching Live, don't we? Yeah, we do. Do we have an opener for We that? do. We do. Where might that opener be? It's in blue on the third column down at the bottom. Okay, here's what we're watching, guys. There we go. You guys watch that television show together, don't you? Don't you? Team Cobra presents Here's, here's What We're Watching Live. So, you guys, I've got a couple of comedies that oh, I'm that's watching good. right I've now. I have watching any comedies of late. Yeah, you know, I know that people are really into Mayor of Easttown, but I'm not in the mood for heavy things that have to do about heavy stuff. Yeah, well, so, you know, we need a break every once in a we while. We need a break. And I've got a couple of uh, comedies for you guys. Okay. If, you, if you need a break, one is available on Peacock right now. That's the NBC streaming service, and it's a show called Girls 5 Eva. Okay, I've never heard of Girls 5 Eva. Tell me about it. Well, this is a new show that one of the executive producers of this show is Tina Fey. So if that's going to give you an indication of the tone of this show, it's a half-hour comedy, and it's totally tapping into the current nostalgic moment of the early 2000s. It follows a millennial girl group, Girls 5 Eva. Ah. Get it? Yes, because they're like, we're not girls forever. We're girls 5 Eva. They sing about it in the lyrics of their song. So they're a girl group one hit wonder from the early 2000s then they follows them in present day they reform they get get back together after a viral moment on the tonight show with jimmy fallon and they're like oh we can actually do this thing let's get back together let's form a girl group and so on and so forth. So it's kind of like living in that place where we've actually been, which is to watch some of our favorite early 2000s or maybe late 90s or maybe even all the way back to the 90s uh, boy and girl groups, um, you know, come back together for sort of nostalgia tours. So this is kind of rooted in stuff where, you know, we've seen in the real world. Oh, totally. So it it makes fun of millennial girl groups. It makes fun of nostalgia. It it rips on all of these things. And so it stars Sarah Bareilles, She's quite oh, a talent. Yeah. 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 So she's singing in it clearly. Yeah. She's singing in it clearly. She's playing a woman who's just kind of gone into obscurity. She's married. She has a kid. She works at her brother's restaurant. She's kind of given up on the music thing. And then this opportunity to revive Girls 5 of it drops in her lap. And she's going to go with it. And so also stars Busy Phillips. She's in this. Oh, wow. Renee Elise Goldsberry. She's very funny in this uh, as well. So the lyrics, going to be famous five ever. Because forever's too short. Wow. Yeah. And there's five of them, I hope? Yeah. Okay. Because that'd be weird if there was like four or six. Well, you know, you watch the episodes and you kind of find out maybe what happened to the fifth member of the... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Group. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is Not this a 30 minute uh, experience or? 30 minute comedy. Yes. It's streaming on Peacock right now. I don't have a subscription to Peacock. So, so it's free. So it's free and they're slowly letting out episodes. I think if you're not subscribed, then you just kind of get got to get the episode leak. As they happen. As they happen. Okay, so Girls 5 Eva on Peacock, and I don't need a subscription, so I'm happy about this. And yes. 30 minutes is such a fantastic. Right? I love when they're short. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's not like a long commitment. Not going to sit here for three hours to watch three episodes. I can get six episodes in in three hours, which is great. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. find me up. Time usage. Yeah, and if you lived through that era of pop music, the girl groups, the boy bands, the pop superstars, there will be something for you in this comedy. And even if you didn't, I think it's just funny. The jokes are good. All right, awesome. Well, and it's Tina Fey, so yeah. I would hope that the jokes are awesome. Uh, what else do we got? I got another funny show for you guys. This one is a little bit more of a serial comedy, and you have to have a subscription to watch it. It's on HBO Max. Okay. It's Hacks. Oh, I've heard about Hacks. Hacks, uh, Gene Smart is in Hacks, right? Yes, Gene Smart. We're in the Gene Smartessance because she's in Mare of Easttown. <laughs> yes, and she was in Watchmen, and she was fantastic in that show. And she was in Designing Women, thank you. Yes. Well, now she's starring as a Joan Rivers-esque comedian performing in Las Vegas in the show Hacks. She's concerned that her act is getting a little stale, or rather her management is. They bring her a writer who is kind of dealing with some Twitter backlash because of a joke she made. She can't get a job. So these two odd couples come together and they try to work it out. I was going to say, I heard an interview with Gene Smart about this series, and it did sound very sort of odd couple, like they threw the millennial in with, you know, the boomer. Yep. And, um, you know, together they have to figure out the world yes. and laugh in the process. Yes. But does it actually pay off? Is it, I feel like it's probably going to be in addition to funny, somewhat, you know, heartwarming or at least uh, emotional. Like the, there's an emotional quality to this show. Yeah, I wouldn't call Hacks heartwarming, yeah. but it definitely is emotional. There are poignant moments in the show. They do go there in the emotions of these characters. You know, they're both kind of going through it in their own lives and they're examining themselves existentially. Who's the millennial character played by again? Her name is Hannah Einbender. Okay. I don't know what else she has been in, to be honest. Uh, Another uh, recognizable face is character actor Christopher McDonald. I think he was in Happy Gilmore. He plays the owner of the casino. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. So you would recognize him. But the performances in this are so great. And Gene Smart, it is so wonderful that an actor like Gene Smart is getting the projects that really allow her talent to shine. Yeah. Yeah, she's a great actress. She's a great actress. The writing is subtle. Go watch Hacks on HBO Max. Again, a half hour long. Yes. Girls 5 Eva and Hacks. Thank you, Holly, for some really great Love TV it. recommendations. When we come back, we have some really good D-bag recommendations. Celebrities behaving badly right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. Come on back. Find out who's a D-bag right here on my talk. 
1071. What celebrities deserve the title of Lord and Lady D-Bag? We're going to find out in just mere moments here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. Colleen will be back on Monday. Grant is here spinning records for us. He's actually not spinning nope. records. Just but, push and play. Yeah. <laughs> but we appreciate every darn second of it. And uh, let's get right to the crazy, or the uh, D-Bags, shall we, Holly? Yeah. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag. Of the day. Of the day. Okay. Who's my D-bag, Holly? Who's your D-bag, Bradley? <laughs> I for, don't know. I have to ask you. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> My D-bag is... There is so much D-bagging. I don't even know where the D-bag is in this Ooh, story. It's like a D-bag onion. Let's cut yeah, into let's, it. There's so many layers of D-baggery. Hello Giggles oh, is a thing. Mm-hmm, that's a thing. And uh, as portrayed by, or I should say, as advanced by Yahoo Life, mm-hmm. um, there's a story written by a, a gentle lady named Emily Weaver at 10.40 a.m. on June 2nd, Wednesday, that was yesterday. Headline, Goop is totally trolling Gwyneth Paltrow, and it's actually hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when I see headlines like this, I think to myself, it's probably not hilarious, right? Like, if, if you, you have to tell me... It's hilarious. Probably not hilarious. It's a show don't tell experience. Exactly. <laughs> so then I start reading and I'm like, okay, first of all, this is pre- whatever. Uh, I got opinions, but I'm going to read because uh, that's what I do. Please. W- you know, suspend judgment. Read that opinion. The social media team behind Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle and wellness brand Goop may have just made one of the funniest memes of 2021. Okay. Over the weekend, I mean, I don't, what? I already don't buy it. Yeah. No. Like, oh, thanks, Emily Weaver, uh, <laughs> judger of all memes. Over the weekend, Goop comically posted a meme, which consisted of a throwback photo of Paltrow and then partner Ben Affleck. If you've caught wind of any of the recent headlines or speculations surrounding Affleck's love life, like, why are they being so coy? First of all, like, if you've caught wind of any of the recent headlines or speculations about his love life, you'll understand why we can't stop laughing over this hilarious post. Oh, no. <laughs> over <at> Hello Giggles. <laughs> I guess we're just giggling all the time. Now, Holly, um, yeah. do you see the meme in question that Goop posted to its 1.6 million followers? Well, I'll tell you. In the photo... Please tell us. Gwyneth's facial expression looks exactly like the emoji with the rolling eyes, which is just one big LOL. Meanwhile, oh, that's the actual copy from the story you're reading. Oh, oh, yeah, go on, go on. on. (laughs) Meanwhile, Affleck looks like he's leaning in a little too close for comfort while whispering into Paltrow's ear. Uh, the Goop social media team wrote Gemini S-Z-N season. Gemini season. Below Paltrow and Mercury in retrograde next to Affleck. When Paltrow, the CEO of the company, finally saw the post, she fired back in the comments with, Oh my God, you guys! Oh my God! You're so funny! Is any of this funny so far? Have is I any laughed? of this the meaniest meme of 2021? Have we laughed? No. Have we laughed at this? Also, going to take your meme to task, honey, because it's not Mercury in retrograde. It's just Mercury retrograde. Oh, hey. Bring in receipts, Holly Roberts. Holly. I will say Hello Giggles goes on to explain why this is funny. 
please. Which again, enlighten us. If you have to explain funny, it's not funny. It's not funny. And then explains why it's relevant. Again, if you have to tell me why it's relevant, it's totally not. So, Yahoo Life, Emily Weaver, Hello Giggles, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Affleck, all y'all. And all these enablers on Goop's Instagram account. With Celebrity check- bag. Yeah. With blue check marks, putting in their comments like, oh my God, because they know that they're going to get uh, attention uh, for that. Uh, like Gwyneth Paltrow's going to see me. Oh my God, you guys. <sighs> okay. So tiring. Well, this is all part of, we <sighs> talked about this a couple of weeks ago. This is all a part of the Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, Publationship Megazord. Everybody is getting in on it and they are all combining to make this giant publicity story. Yeah. Goop is like, what can we do with the Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez story? How can we get in on that? Oh, Gwyneth used, and frankly, it was probably Gwyneth who was like, hey guys, like her daughter sent, like did a meme and sent it to her and said, mom, you should post this. And then she sent it to the people over at Goop and they were like, oh God, we have to post this because Gwyneth. Because Apple said so. Because <laughs> Apple said so. And, oh you know, gosh. And we Apple don't, so, we're going to hear about it at the next yeah, board the, meeting. The Apple, that tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> But we can't say uh, that in front of her. Yes, because then we'll have to listen to Gwyneth tell us about how amazing her family is. Okay, Holly, <laughs> who's your D-bag? Uh, I, you know, I looked near and far for a celebrity D-bag today. It was Slim Pickens today, you it guys. It was Slim Pickens. So I did select Chris Matthews today as my D-bag of the day. Former hard bar... Former hardball anchor Chris Matthews. He's my D-bag of the day because of his appearance on The View yesterday. And it's the way that he was talking about his departure from hardball on MSNBC. That just It was just kind of getting at me a little bit. Okay. So if All you right. recall the story, Chris Matthews left MSNBC because a journalist accused him of inappropriately flirting with her when she appeared on his show as a guest. She wrote an article about it, and people were like, Mer. and then Chris Matthews was like, well, mer, mer, I'm just going to leave my show. Bye. Yeah. Instead of In a huff. In a huff. Instead of actually dealing with it. Well, he has a new book out, and so he's on The View. And he was talking about his takeaway from all of the things that happened as a result of that article and the inappropriate flirting and his behavior at MSNBC. So this is what he had to say. What he learned, you guys. Okay, this is what Chris Matthews learned. He learned. This is his really valuable lesson. Okay. Quote, you're not supposed to comment about a person's appearance in the workplace. That's what he learned. Oh, he so learned that lesson. Thank you. <laughs> right. And it's the way that that is phrased. Well, you're not supposed to comment on a person's appearance in the workplace. It's not that he has any maybe reflective moments about his behavior. It's just that you're not supposed to do it. Yeah. People, you you know, they just don't <laughs> let you do what you used to be able to do. Oh, Oh, you used Bradley. to be able to just tell a woman she was pretty. What's so bad about that? Oh, I'm glad that you brought that up, Bradley, because Chris Matthews went on to say on The View, quote, I know that rule by heart, certainly now. And I've made a couple of comments, which you might have called in the old days compliments, but are not taken oh, as compliments God, today so... by any means. Oh, man. You know, oh, man. <laughs> it's not like it's not hard. Thank you. 
It's not hard. One leg at a time. There's just like, <laughs> there's one thing about being like, well, I don't even know. I would never feel comfortable just walking into work and be like, you look really nice today. I mean, I guess you do in a way like that can seem totally inoffensive. That's not what he said. I'm not trying to, you know, like make excuses for Chris Matthews. Mm-hmm. But like just who in their right mind walks into an environment and, you know, sizes somebody up and provides <laughs> sizes commentary as right. a result. Like, hmm. Right. That's a pretty... I do I I do it if I notice like a haircut. Yeah. You know, like a nice haircut. I'm like, oh, you look good. Like the haircut. You so know, I just, you know, making I, comments of Bradley, I've said you, oh, you were freshly shorn. Yeah. I have said that yes. on 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 an yes. observation. And I would I mean, even if you were like, hey, you look really sexy today, I'd probably be like, nope. You're weird. No. Nope. But like <laughs> no, nope. but nope. I don't nope. think you would do that. And I will just say I generally don't do it as a rule only because Sometimes, you know how like people get a haircut and they're like, I hate this haircut. It is the worst. I can't live with myself. I'm wearing a hat for the next six months. And then you come in and you're like, oh, I like your hair. And they're like, no, I don't. You don't like it. You're just saying. And like, I just don't even want to go there. Thank you. You just never know. Yeah, right. You Just just like, you know, when we used to say things like, because this did used to happen because I've had people say this to me before. Oh, you look tired today. Oh, oh no. Keep that to yourself. <laughs> that is oh. not a compliment, and I can't do anything about it if I just look and it's like, sad and tired. Thank you. And it's like, fine, if I look sad and tired, that's an inside observation. Yeah. You don't have to tell that to my inside face. Inside observation. Yeah, you just well keep, said. You keep that to yourself. Nobody knows. now. Or yeah. or you leave the room yeah. and text someone. <laughs> or it's just... Go to the bathroom and or say just it out loud. Say, yes, say it to yourself. Like, oh my god, what the heck? Was Maybe that? just like bite into your your fist. Yeah. Go to sit on the toilet and have that thought exercise it out of your body and then leave. I'm just saying there are alternatives. Yeah, make sure you wash your hands though before you put it in your mouth. True. Yeah, before and after. Yeah, and I don't want you to do that. Yeah. Well, I'm, what what what? Are your anyway, you look great today. <laughs> Bradley, you look a little tired. How you doing? I do because I am. <laughs> but it's in yes. It's just it's so it's so hilarious to me that a grown ass man. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I did that wrong. Grown her man. <laughs> I tend to do that backwards. A grown her man would think it was appropriate to walk in and talk to a woman, especially you know when he's probably the most senior person in the room, and I don't mean yes. by age. I mean by position right he was you the would host just know of the show. better you right? would know better right you know airing on your side bradley just don't say anything but what chris matthews on the view was illustrating is that he doesn't care that he said these things and in fact well and he has owned it but he's not reflecting on it because he's yeah, there's still, no reflection which is yeah, i think your point which is the point because he's like well you might have called them compliments in the old days and quite frankly by him saying that it's that chris Matthews still thinks that they're compliments and that he didn't want to deal with that in a way that 2021 requires so he just left in a huff your husband sure is a lucky man oh, oh. God, you can just hear somebody saying that in like 1997, right? Yeah. 1997. No, that's gross. What? It's just a compliment. You're beautiful. You should be proud of it. You're beautiful. Come on. What? Oh, you look so great. Look at that new hairdo. (laughs) Oh, what are you doing these days? You working out a little bit more? Oh, oh, God. Don't even get us started. Okay, when we come back, we are going to compliment each other in the breaks, and then we're going to come back and we're going to go on to some uh, nostalgia gossip corner. 
Holly's got a story for us that's going to bring us right back to all the things we loved um, about 2004. It's back. All right. We'll do that when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Jump back in the time machine. We're going to 2004 here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Streaming live, doing everything entertainment at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. And you've got some nostalgic gossip for us. It's not just Benifer that's bringing us back to the early 2000s, Alls. Yeah, get in, losers. We're going to 2004. I wish I had some time machine music. I don't. Which is totally apt because, by the way, Mean Girls. Oh, sorry. We just landed. 2000. What? Eight? Four. Four. (laughs) Ow. Sorry. Mean Girls came out in 2004. That was what I was referencing. Get in, losers. We're going to 2004. Benefer was from 2000. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. For Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, the height of their publicationship, their relationship. Where, By the way, let's all remember that Ben Affleck left Jennifer Lopez at the altar two days before their wedding. I digress. So now... We are talking about the OC in the 20... OC Orange County. Yeah, thank you. Yes, the Orange County. That show was a show on Fox in the early two thousands. It was a teen primetime soap starring Misha Barton, Rachel Bilson. It was the catalyst for a lot of things that we now know today. Meaning that that show begat the reality series Laguna Beach on MTV, which that show then begat an inspiration for the Real Housewives of Orange County, which so on and so forth, we could make a flow And chart. now we are all sucked into the world of reality television, Kardashians. Yeah. And why are we going all the way back there? Well, because... Are we going there to keep it from happening in the first place so we never have to deal with any of this? Kind of like getting the sports almanac from old Biff so he doesn't give it to young Biff and back to the future. Exactly. Great reference. Yeah, kind of. So we're hashing out all of this OC drama in 2021. Now, it all started when Misha Barton was talking about being bullying on the set of the OC. And that's one of the reasons why she left the show, because she was one of the stars of the show. She left at the height of the show. People were like, oh, but you're leaving. And she's like, "Ah, yeah, I'm leaving. Well, she said that she left because she was being bullied on the set of the show. Those accusations now being countered by her co-star, Rachel Bilson, who played Summer on the OC, saying that, no, that's not the case. A source saying that she showed up late for filming. And now the source goes on to say, no, she wants to say that she was bullied, but it wasn't that she was bullied. It's that people didn't appreciate waiting hours for Misha Barton to show up on the set of the OC. Oh. Yeah. And even now that wasn't from Rachel Bilson. That was according to a source exclusively at page six, giving the exclusive details about the behavior of Misha Barton on the set of the OC. But what Rachel Bilson did, she's on a podcast that talks about the OC. And she said, hey, look, that's not necessarily what happened what Misha Barton is telling us. 
We invite her on the podcast to set the record straight. Let's have a conversation about this. So instead of just hiding behind, you know, uh, your first person account, there were other people involved and perhaps they have a different memory of what happened. So let's all hash it out together as a family. Thank you. Exactly. But we're having these conversations about gossip that's almost 20 years old in 2021. And it's really fascinating because we're seeing this phenomenon happen. The resurgence of Benefer, gossip about the OC. We're in this friends, friends, which ended, I believe, in, in 2004. Yeah. Thank you. You're right. Wow. What's happening? We're reliving this moment. Oh. And I don't know why, because I wasn't really that aware of the world in 2004. Pop culturally speaking, I was off doing my own things. Uh, anyway, uh, so I don't have a deep memory of these particular moments, but I do find it curious that we're all being drawn back there. Mm-hmm. I guess in the way kind of like, we is this something we always do? You know, like we always kind of look back 20 years into the past at given points, you know, cult, pop culturally, because I think of like, you know, there was a period where we went back and dove really deep into what was going on behind the scenes of Facts of Life. Yes. You know, right? Like Where is Tootie? In, in the late 90s. Well, actually, that might have been early 2000s, too, because yes. about early 2000s, of course, that would have been in the late 80s. Ish, yeah, right? well, I think the, the thing you're talking about, Bradley, is kind of the phenomenon of the nostalgia cycle being about 20 years, so yeah. about a generation. And we've gone through this in the past. I mean, you can even look back at in the 70s, there was nostalgia for the 50s and things like American Graffiti and Happy Days. And then once we got into the 80s, there was kind of a nostalgia for the 60s. Yeah. Think about the aesthetics of the band Delight yeah. and, and, you know, the B-52s commenting oh God, my, on that. I remember in, let's see, that would have been seventh grade we were all like hippies yeah we thought we were hippies so we wore peace signs and denim jackets and tie-dye and yeah we thought we were like we had no idea what a hippie was but we thought that's what we were yeah you you just thought a, a hippie was like peace and love and groovy yeah. and peace, flowers man. yeah it had nothing to do with like you know yippies and abby hoffman or whoever i actually wrote <laughs> an article in the school newspaper about how the peace fad is making a comeback on a dot matrix yes. printer. <laughs> dot matrix. <laughs> I should dig printer. that out. See Please. Oh, that would be a wonderful thing to read, Bradley. But yes, even back in the when was this the late that 80s would have, or uh, 90s? No, that would have been well mid mid eighties. Mid eighties. Yeah. yeah. So these cycles of nostalgia always happen and always exist. But what's interesting about twenty twenty one revisiting the year two thousand four. Is that it's a continuation of the conversation. It's not even necessarily a reflection or a refraction of what was happening. It's like we're mining the gossip of 2004. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Necessarily. Well, one of the reasons I think is because not much is happening or things are happening, but the culture is so fractured at this point. Like our pop culture conversation. The things that we can all talk about have to go back 20 years before they become controversial. Well, yeah, or that it's a touchstone. It's a place that we can talk about. Like you might not have watched the OC Bradley when it was first on. But you kind of know what it is. I didn't watch it, but I kind of know what it is. So we're mining these old gossip stories, continuing the storyline 20 years later in a way that perhaps, Bradley, your essay on the hippies (laughs) did not not reflect in that way. Where it was like you were looking back on it and it's like, okay, we're mining this for some new things. But this is like, we need to have stories rooted in 2004 
in 2021, because we do not have a frame of reference in 2021, singular stories that are going to bring people together that we can all converse about. Also, it's just it's like comfort food. Yeah. And if you think about like, I think uh, here's a sort of uh, comparison back to the 2008 financial crisis. Now, I sound like I'm getting serious. I promise I'm not. The 2008 financial crisis um, begat this whole like comfort food movement where people like remember that was sort of like when we got like fancy macaroni and cheese, you know, like lobster mac and cheese. Like we were craving all of these like comfort foods, things that reminded us of our childhood because we were in a very like scary place in terms of, um, you know, the economy. Well, I mean, it stands to reason that maybe the same is true when it comes to the pandemic and what it's forcing us to think about or want to um you know want to indulge now that we're sort of all you know just terrified about the world around us like let's look back to an quote easier simpler time yes when it was just a bunch of you know um hot people having hot drama and wearing low-rise jeans and wearing their going out camisole tank tops yeah so Oh, sorry. I I just wanted. We have Andrew who called in. He's a business professor, and he said he has a good idea of why this stuff keeps trending back. We want to hear from Andrew. Yes, let's get smart with Andrew. Come on, hey Hey, Andrew. Andrew. Hey guys, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, long time listener. Thank you. Hey, I'm a business professor, and one of classes I teach is a pop culture class, and it's it really is a business factor why we see things recycle every fifteen to twenty years. And that's because it is the 15-year-old. So the prime demographic for most industries is that 15 to 21 because of disposable income. So if you take that age and add another 15 to 20 years on it, you're getting the 30 to 40-year-old who now has money. And so we're tapping back into that demographic who, when were teenagers, had a lot of nostalgia. So it's always hitting that nostalgia of the teenager that's 15 or 20 years out. You can see it in clothing. You can see it in TV and movies and so forth. Interesting. Interesting. That is so fascinating. Andrew, can you put out a memo to all the businesses and people trying to make money to, to leave low-rise jeans in the past? Amen. Oh. I agree with you. Thank I, I, you. I'm not down with the booty crack. Like, oh. Let's leave that back. Thank you so Thanks, much for Andrew. your in-depth analysis, Andrew. That was Love fascinating. You Love, Love you, you too. too. All right. No to whale tales. Thank you. No whale tales. <laughs> but when we come back, we're going to get nostalgic for food. Who's got the best burger? We're talking burgers when we come back right here on My Talk 107.1.